I'm just back from vacation from a couple of days in DR, and I can't stress enough how important it is to take some time away with your husband or with your partner, even if it's just one night away from the kids and all of the other responsibilities you are juggling. Russ and I, we try to do something at least once a year. The past few years, we've gone to a music festival in either Mexico or DR where the band we love, the Avery Brothers, holds a four-night run of concerts, and it's an amazing time. But this is the first time possibly since I was pregnant with Kaylee where we went away to a resort with zero activities plans and we literally did nothing. And it was fabulous. To just go lie under an umbrella on an amazing Caribbean beach was seriously heaven. I haven't felt that relaxed possibly ever. <laughs> I was even saying it to Russ. Just being away where you are not surrounded by things that need to get done, a messy house, laundry, paperwork. I can't just sit at home and do nothing because there's always something to do. Every corner I look at, there's something that just has to get done. I can take a bath or do yoga for a half hour, but once that self-care time is over, once that me time is up, there's no just sitting and doing nothing. But on a beach, the only thing I allowed myself to do was read, and it was just exactly what I needed. It's exactly what we both needed. We are blessed enough to have my mom living with us, so she watched the kids. And maybe you don't have family that you could just leave your kids with for a few days, but I'm sure there is that someone that you can get to take them overnight. If not a family, maybe a friend, and you can always offer to repay the favor. And it's actually really funny because leading up to this vacation and even at the airport, I was getting a little depressed and feeling guilty that we weren't bringing the kids because, like I mentioned, all the time, we only have two years left with Ash before she's away at college. So I really want to make the most family memories as we can. But once I got to that resort, that all went away really fast. There was even one point during the week where the kids were each texting me, complaining about the other, and I literally wrote to them to stop texting. And Rush just reminded me in a joking way that it's funny that just a few days ago, I was really sad that the kids weren't with us. So even though we didn't get to make those memories with the kids, we made memories for us. And if you follow me on Instagram, you also saw that I did make it up for every sunrise. Even on vacation, I have my morning routines. I would wake up at 6.15, get ready for the beach, go down, get our spot, which was a volley bed overlooking the beach. It was fabulous. I'd walk down to the beach, watch the sunrise, go grab a cappuccino on my way back, go back to the volley bed, relax a little, then text the kids, make sure they were up, make sure they got out the door in time for school. Then I'd read for a bit, and then Russ would get up, we'd go to breakfast, and it was the perfect morning every day. And people think I'm crazy setting an alarm to wake up that early on vacation when I could sleep in, but when there is a sunrise that beautiful right outside, I actually think y'all are the crazy ones that don't get up to see it. They really are such a gift. And if you follow me on Instagram, you saw what I'm talking about. And if you don't follow me, you can still go and check them out on my Instagram page, mom.wife.career.life under highlights. So all of that has nothing to actually do with today's topic, but it does have to do with our theme for the month of February, which is strengthening your relationships. I spent last week strengthening my relationship with Russ. And like I said, the stronger your relationships and your support system are, the better your work-life balance. So today, we are focusing on the work part of your work-life balance and the relationships you have in the office. You spend more of your waking hours with your work people than you do with your family, at least during the week. So today, we'll be talking about how to build better relationships with your coworkers. 
Are you feeling overwhelmed trying to juggle all the many hats you wear as a working mom? Do you want more quality time with your family without distraction of work, with time alone to take care of yourself and your needs? Welcome to Mom Wife Career Life. I'm Carrie, a wife, mom of three, and a recovering perfectionist. In this podcast, I will teach you how to create balance in your life by implementing healthy habits, organizing your home and your schedule, being intentional with your time and in your relationships, and most importantly, how to start putting your needs first because no one can pour from an empty cup. Grab that second cup of coffee, or if you're anything like me, your third, it's time to dive into today's episode of Mom Wife for Real Life. As working moms, work is such a large portion of our week. It's at least 40 hours, and that's not counting the commute time. If you don't have good time management at work, then you're probably putting in over 40 hours a week. In my coaching sessions, I walk you through how to be more efficient and cut out time wasters, not only in your personal life, but also at work. The more efficient you can get at work, the easier it is to close that computer or walk out that door at 5 p.m. and not feel that pressure or guilt to work those extra hours. And the easier it is to set those boundaries and not check your emails after hours or on weekends, the easier it is to take back control of your time. To get more info on my coaching sessions, you can check out my website or just check out the link in the show notes. I never understood how people could come to work, be so grumpy and toxic and so hard to work with. Why wouldn't you want to actually enjoy work if you could? I've always been the type to try to make work as fun as possible, no matter what role I was in. I build relationships, make friends, help where I can, and try to make every interaction a positive one, even when it's a tough conversation. I'm not saying you have to love your job. I can honestly say I don't love mine right now, at least. But if I showed up every day with a negative attitude, that's 40 plus hours a week of negativity. And being that the average person is really only awake for around 112 hours a week, that's spending over a third of your week in a negative space. And negative vibes do not promote balance in any aspect. So We need to do what we can to keep that positive energy up in all aspects of our life. And today our focus is on how to be a better coworker. So let's jump in. Number one, this is the number one rule in life with all humans, not just coworkers. Be kind. I have seen a lot in my 20 plus year career. When I first started out, we were still very much in a male dominated corporate world. It totally still is, but at least there is a different level of acceptance and respect when it comes to women interaction. I've been in some and I've seen some terrible interactions in my day, and I would just never treat someone unkind. I don't care if you are the CEO of a company or responsible for keeping the toilets clean. Your job might hold more importance, but the way you are treated and the way you are spoken to should be the same. I have a very low tolerance for people that are condescending and treat people like they are beneath them. And I say it all the time. If you treat people poorly, they will only work hard enough to not get yelled at or talked down to. But if you treat them with respect as your equal or even throw in a compliment here and there, they will work harder because they will be more loyal and have more pride in their output. Number two, think about your personal brand. This is a really important one that not many people think about. But your personal brand is how you want people to see you how you want people to think about you when they hear your name, what you want them to say when someone asks about you. And this is not about really caring what other people think about you. It's like that fine line. You should want people to think positively about you when it comes to the work that you do. At work, it's the perception or the impression you make on your colleagues. As we go through the rest of the tips, really think about each one of them and reflect on your personal brand. 
if you do each of these, then you're really building a brand for yourself that will help you and your future self. And if you don't, start being more intentional to improve each of these areas. So that brings us to number three, offer support and help when asked. Be willing to help your coworkers when they need assistance, whether it's offering some guidance on a project, helping them out with their workload when they are swamped and maybe you have a little downtime, or if they are new, showing them how to do something. I rely on my team to train the newbies all of the time. Remember, you were new once, and it's really hard to be the newbie, especially in the age of technology where I'm sure you have a bunch of different systems you have to work with, and if you're remote, it's not like you can just go up to someone's desk and ask them to show you how to do something. So offer that hand. Number four, collaborate and share ideas. Be open to collaborating and sharing ideas, especially if you have a process of doing something that really works for you, is efficient, and maybe even cuts time and headaches from your job. Share the knowledge. A few years ago, we were dealing with an issue at work that was causing the account a lot of headaches, and my manager told me to reach out to a coworker who had dealt with something similar, and she asked me to reach out to him to ask him for help. And it wasn't really a big ask. I'll never forget this. I reached out to him, told him the situation, let him know that my manager said he would be a great support, which, by the way, she was also his manager, too. And his response was, it's not my job to get involved in that. I'm sorry. Too busy. My jaw literally dropped. Don't be that person. If you can help someone, do it. You will need someone's help someday, and you don't want to be on the receiving end of that response because it sucks. Plus. That collaboration could really help your career in the long run. Your coworker today could be your boss tomorrow. So don't burn that bridge. Number five, be reliable and dependable. This one is really simple. Do a good job. Do your work. Do it well and consistently meet your deadlines. Don't wait until the last minute to work on something. Be on time for work, to meetings. And when you say you're going to do something, follow through with it. And if you can't for some reason, that brings us to number six. Number six, communicate. This is another big one for me. For me, you can never over-communicate. If you're going to be late, let someone know. If you're struggling with your workload, let someone know. If you see that you're not going to be able to meet a deadline, let someone know. If anything is going on in your life that might affect how you show up to do your job, maybe that thing might just be mentally distracting or maybe you need a little bit more of a flexible schedule communicate it to your manager. If you don't communicate and you just show up late, you miss deadlines, you affect someone else's schedule because you missing that deadline means that they are going to miss theirs, get ahead of it and speak up. Just not showing up, just not submitting something, doing poor work is only going to make work and your life harder. If you speak up, there's a chance that your manager or your coworkers might be able to help you out, give you an extension, maybe even get additional support. But if you say nothing, bringing it back to number five, you're showing that you're not reliable and dependable, and no one wants that. Number seven, respect each other's differences. Try to recognize and respect the diversity within your group. We tend to gravitate towards people that we find similarities with and can relate to, but it's really important to be open-minded. You also don't want everyone on your team and that you work with to be cookie cutters of each other. You want different perspectives. You want people to have different strengths. And you should take the time to try to see things, projects, hurdles from other people's perspective. It's how you learn and it's really how you grow. Number eight, practice active listening. This one goes hand in hand with respecting each other's differences. Take the time to actively listen to your coworkers during meetings or discussions. Take the time to actively 
show empathy and understanding by acknowledging their perspectives and their concerns. And don't cut people off. Let them finish their thoughts. This one is actually a really hard one for me. I used to cut people off all the time and I made it a point to really work on it. And I became so aware of it. At first, I had to put myself on mute. So I, I had that extra layer of friction in there. I would have to consciously click the unmute button before interrupting. But now I've learned to bite my tongue and let them finish. I might still do it if they're going on a complete unproductive tangent and we are short on time, but I know when people cut me off and I don't get my full thought or perspective out, it really leaves me frustrated. Number nine, give credit where credit's due. I've seen this happen a lot over the years, both personally and by my coworkers, and it's really crappy to be on the other side of this one. If someone gives you an idea or a suggestion and you get kudos from your manager or someone else for doing it, say thanks, but I actually got the idea or template or whatever it was from so-and-so or say that they helped you with it in some way, shape or form. It's the same as plagiarism. If it's not your idea, then don't take full credit for it. If you took someone's idea and built upon it, you should at least throw their name in there somewhere. It goes a long way in building trust and relationships. And it's good karma. Number 10. Respect boundaries and be considerate. This is one of the most important ones for me. This is both if you work in the office and remotely, and it's both boundaries with space and with time. This is a topic I could talk for days on and will probably end up being its own topic at some point. But what it comes down to is being considerate. Like when you book meetings, not just throwing meetings on people's calendars when you can ask them first what time works for them. It's avoiding early morning and late afternoon meetings unless they're asked for. Being considerate of people trying to leave the office on time to get home to their families, living by that train schedule, and if they miss that one train that they now have to wait another half hour or hour to get the next one. Or if you use instant messenger system like Microsoft Teams to chat and call people, it's starting the conversation with asking them first if they can IM or chat and not just jumping in and asking them a question because you don't know who's at their desk or if they're sharing a screen or if they are deep in what they're doing and your phone call or I am is going to distract them. Being considerate also allows you to set those boundaries with other people too. I have the same common courtesy with my team and my coworkers and especially working remote and with other people that are working remote, it might just not be a good time for them. So ask first. I could definitely keep going with all these tips, but I'm going to stop with bonus tip number 11. Express appreciation. Take the time to recognize and appreciate your coworkers' contributions. A simple thank you or acknowledgement of their help or hard work can go a really long way in building relationships and motivating others. And if your company has any sort of internal recognition program, use it. I use ours all the time. If someone helps me or takes the time out of their normal workload to do something for me or my team, I am immediately following up with recognition. They deserve it. And you know what? The next time I need something and I reach out to them, they will want to help me again because they know how much I appreciate it. I hope you take the time this week to really reflect on these tips and to make those adjustments you need to make yourself a better coworker. And if you have someone that needs to hear this episode, why not share it with them, especially if they are a mom? You can just throw it out there that you listen to this mom that really helps with work-life balance and subtly pass it along which just reminded me of back in the day when I worked in cubicle land. One of my coworkers had a mug that said, don't be a jerk at work. And it was the best. Not sure you can get away with a mug like that these days, but it's a motto that we all should live by. So that's my message for you this week. Don't be a jerk at work. If you have some coworking tips you would like to share, 
head on over to my Facebook community and tell us all about it. The link is in the show notes. Sending you so much love and light until next time on Mom Wife Career Life with Carrie Pat. Before you go, if you found this podcast helpful, I would be so grateful if you would take a minute, go on over to iTunes and leave me a review. If you have other stressed out mamas in your life that you feel this podcast could help, take a screenshot of this episode, post it in your Instagram stories and tag me and let them know that they are not alone and they can create balance in their life too. If there's a topic you'd like me to cover or you just want to connect, DM me on Instagram at mom.wife.career.life or come on over and hang out with us in our Facebook community. Sending you so much love and light until next time on Mom Wife Career Life with Carrie Pat.